adversity, hardship, oh, sorrow. Come and join us on Uplift today. We're here to talk about adversity. Is it the strength? Is it the negative? Let's find out. Join the conversation live. Hi, my name's Sarah Wade, and like you, I've probably experienced some adversity in my life, and I'm curious to know what your experiences are. And Neil is too. My beautiful co-host has asked us to have a panel on today, so it's so important that we get this topic out there. So welcoming from Calgary in Canada, Mr. Neil Russell. Thank you, Sarah. I just keep staring at your, your background. It's um, I'm like, oh, we should all be there and singing around a campfire. Absolutely. You've got to love the Aussie bush. Yeah. Adversity. <laughs> is it a dream killer? Is it the ultimate, uh, ultimate teacher? I'm so excited that we have Charlie Ross and our good friend Alessandro on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. So, Thanks. Charlie, picking on you first, what do you think it is? I absolutely definitely don't think it's a dream killer it's an absolute evolution tool so it's for growth i love adversity and you alessandro what do you think what i think i think adversities suck <laughs> <laughs> i mean think about it you know you go you have your own plan you're going on with your own life and all of a sudden shit happens i mean really do you enjoy that He's taking a shortcut somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, think about it. You're there, say, I have everything figured out, you know, and uh, my life is going according to my plan because that's the only plan possible. Isn't that right? And all of a sudden, something happens and you say, oh, crap. What do I do now? I mean, it's not that you need to find a solution. I mean, you can just stay there and whinge and whine about it. I mean, that's a, that's a way to do it. Or <laughs> you figure out an alternative way. And all of a sudden, you may discover different things that you were not aware of before. Maybe. Who knows? You know. So, you know, do uh, you guys know David Goggins? I mean, this guy wrote this uh, book, You um, Can't Hurt Me. Uh, and then there, there is a second book, Never Finished. And this guy is uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I couldn't start, you know, the, the first part of his first book, you know, Can't Hurt Me. It's about his, um, uh, how much, you know, his childhood was really, really bad. Oh, my God, I said, I had a beautiful childhood. And reading that for me was an eye opener. And so, oh, my God, what the heck is happening to this guy? Or happened, of course. Well, you, you read the book, it's kind of happening for you in the present. What the heck is going on with this guy? And all this stuff, 
And then he went overweight and said, oh my God, the guy is fat as shit. It's unbelievable. And all of a sudden he said, yeah, you need to really do something about it if you want to make something out of your life. And he changed his life around. Unbelievable. So, you know, um, maybe, maybe there is something there. So, so Charlie, have you, have you had any adversity in your life? Or are you just, just going away and it's all unicorns and rainbows? <laughs> no, I've, I've had a lot of adversity in my life. Um, my birth wasn't a good one. I struggled, you know, had some stuff going on at birth and through my 20s, 30s the last big one um i've obviously behind me you can see my breast cancer life coach i've just i'm a six-year breast cancer warrior at the moment six uh five years cancer free celebration um yeah absolutely but you know um adversity to me is yeah as i said before it's an evolution tool so you know we're made to change you know we can from weather, from, you know, planning on a sunny day and it rains, all that type of stuff, that's being able to, you know, have those solutions, what Alessandro was saying before. But that's what life is all about. We're not here just to have those rainbows and unicorns, you know. We get to have the snakes and the lizards and the thunderstorms as well. So That's why lots of people don't go to Australia, because of all of those <laughs> things. The snakes, yeah, the lizards, right. the spiders. <laughs> you know, there's all the spiders out there. They're pretty scary. That's why I'm inside. No, I've been spending a lot of time outside in this beautiful part of the world. And uh, if, if you guys know me, you know I've got a few injuries. But people who don't know me don't know that my ankle was broken in 17 places, that my back was pierced at 21. And I'm out here enjoying this is a, a hill that I'm on. It gets really steep. And I've been out here enjoying hiking and doing things that I didn't think was possible few years ago you know and in the face of adversity yes i go out there and because look at this yes i want to hang out with the spiders yeah they, i'm pretty sure there's a unicorn out there too <laughs> go have fun and make the best of your life and i love that charlie's mentioned you know she's she's turned that corner you know from cancer around and you know celebrating five years well done for that absolutely <laughs> celebrating you there and I'm curious to know, what was one of those things, Charlie, that you really struggled with in the early days? And how did you get over, how did you change that around for yourself? Um, I, I decided from pretty much day dot when I was diagnosed not to go down the chemo, radiation, mastectomy style. So I, I had a lot of friction with my oncologists, with family members, all sorts of stuff. They're just like, you know, how dare you not? do what the doctor says you know and I'm like well I need to hear me listen to me and all that type of stuff so from the very beginning I've always had determination to do what I need to do for me so choosing me has been huge when it comes to that you know adversity and everything so the biggest struggle then through that is that mental um wall that you keep hitting like you know I, I was single when I went through breast cancer and I had my support from my sister and my mum the most um but it's those times that you know after you leave the doctor's office when you leave the hospital and then all the visitors leave and you're left home alone by yourself like that's that's when this darkness comes in and the mental stuff that really you know your fears doubts everything oh shit and my choice to do you know chemo holy shit was this actually going to work like you know that that was a huge big hurdle for myself to get over so it's definitely the mind side of things like if you want to call mental health or limiting beliefs like 
whatever your personal development, you know, wording and everything is, but it's it's that inner self-belief system and that's what I had to struggle with at the beginning and just keep backing myself, just go, you know what, you're a resilient as fuck woman, you've gone through some lots of shit in your life and you can get through this as well. This is a temporary blip in your life. So that was just, yeah, that's sort of what kept me going. Sarah, I forgot to tell Charlie there's a $100 fine for bad word. Oh, <laughs> we did all to breast cancer research. Charlie, well done. Keep swearing. <laughs> cool. Absolutely. Fucking oath, I will. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so our good friend, Alessandra, how did you stay positive when you found yourself in some of these situations that uh, caused you to go, oh, gosh, golly darn. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the word that I would have used. Yep. <laughs> golly, gosh. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, well, look, I consider myself one of the luckiest person in, in the world. Uh, honestly, I do. I mean, I had a beautiful uh, life so far, touching wood. You know, it keeps going on. And uh, I had the opportunity to to, to meet David Goggins. Um, I, I go back to that for the simple reason that it was, uh, it was really an eye-opener experience, having dinner with him and other 20 people. And the other 19 people that were there, they were telling stories that were so full on with, you know, um, challenges, adversities. And it was, holy fagioli, how is it possible that somebody manages to, to, to get over so much stuff? I would have said shit, but, you know, you did say that, you know, we, we can't say it, so uh, I, I'm not saying it. So... And it was really amazing checking that. You see, because if I start to to focus on uh, how life may suck, you will always find reasons to to be right. That's the beauty of it. It's very simple. It's very easy. You know, the secret to have a very crappy life is very, very simple. You know, you focus on what you cannot do with resources that you don't have. You know, that's that's very simple. You know, that's the ABC. I don't know why people make it so freaking complicated. You know, just focus on what you can't do with resources you don't have. All of a sudden, your life will suck. The beauty of it is that by just doing the opposite and focusing on what you can do with the resources that you have available in that moment, in that moment there, all of a sudden, you open up opportunities. You open up possibilities. You, I mean, change happens all the time. We never stay the same. Either we get better or we get worse. The secret is to change on purpose. You want to keep in mind that we are learning machines. We started learning from, you know, when we were born. I was born at a very young age. You know, at the very beginning, I couldn't even walk. How about you? But we found a way and we figured it out, most of us. I know. <laughs> because we never worried about that. That's the beauty of it. You go, you do your stuff, and you don't worry about it. That's how you want to do it. You never see a, a, a baby, a kid, a young person that is going to say, I failed walking. 
Josh. <laughs> just <laughs> get the fuck up and do it again. You know, it's something that is just happens. It's part of life. We learn every time. We learn every day. The difference is to what you want to learn on purpose. What am I learning out of this experience? What can yes. I do here? How can I make it work for me in this very moment? And as you start to ask better questions, you direct your brain in a better direction. And that's how you start to change how you feel. Because, you know, that's one of my beliefs. We all do the best that we can with the resources that we have available to us. And there are not unresourceful people, only unresourceful states. Absolutely uh, love it. We had, you got to help me out here, you, my, my Aussie friends here. What are drop bears? Oh, they're very dangerous creatures, somewhat like somewhat like koalas. Only you need a hoop snake to get them. Sharper and longer teeth. It's very dangerous. <laughs> it's very disastrous and misfortunate if you come across one and you don't have a hoop snake with you. So thanks, Donna. I appreciate you bringing that up. Love you. <laughs> yeah, oh, Alessandro, you're absolutely bringing the gold here. You're so right. Like, you know, all these uh, absurd things that can happen to us and, you know, we can sit there and we can just dwell in it and we can suffer. And I, I love how you just keep coming back to the fact that it's, it's basically you know, we, 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 can, we can shift, we can change and we can do things on purpose. And I'm curious to know, like, Neil, like one of your specialties is helping people to find their purpose. So what's one of those things that you're noticing with your clients, that some of the adversities that they've faced over the years, and, and how have you helped them to move forward? Tying on with, 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 with uh, what Alessandra had said, when they are able to finally make the mind shift that it is by choice, then miracles happen. So it's working with a client to be able to, to get them to look at life so that it's a place of choice. Not everybody is born with the, the David Groggins uh, mental fortitude and can do it. Some people take a, a longer time to, to warm up to the idea that life is about choice because they've been so indoctrinated and ingrained in thinking a particular way. But once they recognize and start living from a place of life is a choice, it's a game changer. It's when you're, you, they, they're empowered and believe that it's a choice and they live from that place, their life is never the same. But why me? There's a dropout coming in right now. Like, why me? Like, how do you cope with those why me situations? Why not you? <laughs> and Ouch. they will give me a million reasons and I just turn it around and can throw it back at you. You're the right person you were giving it here. One of the examples is we've all had brilliant ideas. We look at the games that are out in the world. We've Most people have already thought, well, why don't I do this? Or a kitchen gadget or something. And they've had an idea and someone else has done it because they just didn't do it. Most people can do incredible things when they find one other person that believes in them and they take the first step. Because sometimes people don't have enough belief in themselves 
But when they find one person that even is remotely interested and willing to stand by them and say, hey, I'm there with you, life changes again. I'd love to, to come back to Charlie. Charlie, initially you brought up post-traumatic growth and it's something that I'm wondering if everybody knows what it is. So if we can just circle back and quickly just, well, I'm assuming people have heard of post-traumatic stress before. What is post-traumatic growth? Post-traumatic growth is literally, well, not literally, shouldn't use that speak, but um, I use it as a resilience tool it's it's recognizing in yourself so instead of having the fear or people call, you know um ptsd and everything because of the trauma on that it's actually something that helps you grow into a next stage in your life so i literally 10 years ago would never have thought i was going to be a breast cancer life coach it was not on my radar whatever but now you know six years down the track of my breast cancer journey and seeing the need out there for people with a mental side especially that need help so to me that that's showing you what that growth side is so i could um have gone down another track and totally isolated myself from everyone never talk about breast cancer don't stand up for everyone and say you know this is what i've done so to me it's a resilient side of things that adversity brings and that post-traumatic growth is it's a you know positive outcome to what was an absolute horrible or horrific or just adverse situation so. Mm. so I don't know about you guys but I'm hearing a lot of um, personal strength and, and and probably new possibilities that come from adversity right Alessandro what would you say like one of those those ways to to help someone to achieve that post-traumatic growth and to, to move them into those new possibilities without really putting like it's all your fault you know in the personal development world there's a lot of hey it's your fault you haven't done this right you know you're at effect that sort of thing how would you flip that to help someone who's at the beginning of overcoming that adversity and hitting in their strength look um my my job is about uh, personal freedom mm. that's uh, what i i enjoy about what i do is uh, when a person learns how to change the way they think, all of a sudden they can change the way they feel. And when you change the way you feel, you can change what you can do. It's a very simple concept. And uh, something that I'm finding quite interesting is uh, sometimes we make things more complicated than what they are. I mean, there is a book that is containing all the different mental sickness that you can put all the... The, 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 the problems, the mental problems that somebody can experience in their life, you know. And um, 50 years ago, this, this book was roughly this thick. Then it got thicker and thicker and thicker. You know, it's kind of like, did really society got so sick? Or we are just going to want to add more and more problems to what we already have. Now, you see, that's the difference is that if a person has... Uh, cancer for example you can have it in italy as much as in india it's still cancer but a mental illness and any kind of situation think about this if a person is going to stay you know just at the basis of the himalaya and is going to meditate 15 hours a day and just you know walking if they can without losing at all uh, barefoot all this kind you know people may think that this guy is uh, somebody that may be enlightened 
you know, somebody that knows you want to go there, ask for advice. Do the same fucking shit in Washington. Imagine the same thing, you know, just go there in front of the monument and just, you know, central Washington and meditate 15 hours and go around the bare feet. All of a sudden you end up in a mental institution. So the thing is that we need to make sure that we as humans recognize the fact that we can find a way out. We can find a solution. It's a matter of learning how to do this, as I said, on purpose. You, our brain is not designed to make us happy. Our brain is not designed to give us results. And once we learn this, we can start to get what we want to get because our brain is designed to save energy. Our brain is designed to work in directions. So you ask a question, how can we do how can we help people at the very beginning of their journey? We are all somehow at the beginning of something. Sometimes we just have sometimes we just have the opportunity to keep learning a little bit more, and other times we are just a little bit ahead of someone else. Now, my experience is we want to make it simple and make sure that we use what is the person already doing. A person came to me and said, you know, I'm always unsure of what to do. I'm always unsure of what to say. I always feel unsure. I look at the person and I said, are you sure? And the person said, yes. We all have the skills that we need to find a solution to our problems. Nobody knows better than us how we can do it. The fact is that we are on the inside of the problem. Our point of view is different from someone else's. So having somebody from the outside that can cast a light, give us a different point of view is going to make a bigger difference. And sometimes, you know, if a person is capable of focusing hours and hours on a project, depending on the context, this person can have a mental problem or can be a genius. What do you prefer? All about perspective, really, isn't it? <laughs> How can you make the most out of whatever you have available to you? And having a person that can help you out, giving you the first steps, can help you out thinking in a different way. The simplest way to do it is to make sure that you know how to direct your brain. Because you can, if you can't direct your brain, someone else is going to do it for you or something else. You know, if you go back and think about something that happened to you in the past, whatever you're doing, you know, our mind has the power to travel in time. But our feelings happen in the present. We can worry about the future because our mind goes up there and we feel the worry in the present. Or we can be definitely, you know, um, very, very depressed because of one thing happened in the past or very agitated because something happened in the past and it wasn't a good experience. If we keep thinking in that way, the only thing that we do, we are going to just feed our neurology hey you need to feel like that and it becomes normal and it becomes easier and easier to do this what you want to do you want to start to change that you want to interrupt that and give the opportunity to our brain to think and live a different kind of experience and this can be done quite simply 
It's just a matter of knowing how. That's all. I hope I answered the question. <laughs> hey, all of a sudden, where did we lose Sarah to? Yes, you answered the question. And thank you, Sally, for uh, <coughs> adding the, the comment about perspective. So, Charlie, what are some of the tools that when you found yourself in the oh poop situations that you've used to get yourself beyond that besides take a deep breath? Like, as an example, as a nonconformist, people came up to you and said, what the heck are you doing? You're not taking chemo. Instantly, you had to do something. Literally, it, it all comes to your self-belief in yourself. So, you know, I've had so much resilience and adversity into my life to get me to that point that I can, when someone says, you know, I don't agree with you or when I was going through chemo, like, how can you not do what the doctor says? And I'm like, well, easy. I don't want to do it. So I, it's, it's hard to describe what it is unless you've gone, you know, you have it within you. Like it literally, it's just, it's resilience. It's just literally determination and the grit inside you. And that can be learned. It's, it's a, it's a muscle within you that you get to flex when you come up to adversity or, you know, some problem solution or whatever that may do so i can't say that it's exactly what you know this is but i can tell you that it comes from within but i want to buy a pill for adversity i want to be able to just take a pill and be over with it and it just does not work like that um i know i keep talking about resilience and to me that's that's you know adversity and resilience go in hand when we're talking about to like a coping measure you know that's it's a, as i said it's it's a, a muscle that you've got to flex so people are given these um tests and testing of the muscles and all sorts of stuff all the time and some people ignore it they'll go you know or they will comply you know and say, yeah, no worries, yes, sir, three bags full to the doctor or their family, all that type of stuff, you know. And sometimes it just gets to a point that it's either must or it's bust, you know. There might be a situation where you get to that you can't rely on anybody else or you've had enough, like you have gotten to that point in your life where you literally feel like you could break and that's that's the big testing moment and that's that, you know, flexing that muscle where you go, I'm not going to break, you know what, as Alessandro said, you know, there's solutions out there. Who do I need to find to help me to get to this next stage? I don't know what I don't know. So, you know, it's just literally learning from everything that you're doing. And the biggest step first is awareness. Awareness is what's happening. It's being able to recognise within yourself that, oh, shit, this is adversity. This is, I need a solution. Do I know it or does someone else know it? Can I find it myself or does someone else need to get that for me? So, yeah, it's it's an absolute just a a muscle within. Can't put a total name on it, <laughs> but yeah, I would just it's just something you end up learning. And the more adversity you have in your life, and the more willingness that you actually have to learn and to overcome and to really, you know, get out there and grow, like just personal development and growth and seek things that you don't know and just start that learning curve. So when things are brought up, you're like, you know what? I've got 
these things that I've learnt along the way. And they could be modalities, they could be other people's programs, coaching programs, or just things that you found in yourself. It might be just a quote that you saw on the internet somewhere that's just giving you power within, again, you know, going back to what's inside that mental coping mechanism where you can just reach in and pull out that strength, that little power suit, your super suit, whatever it may be, that you're able to, you know, deal with whatever's coming up that's happening in your life. Absolutely. I love, I, I need to share with Gavin, one of, Gavin was a guest, I don't know, probably six months ago, and he's a brilliant, uh, brilliant man. I love what he was sharing, what uh, Alessandra had said, the chasm between genius and insanity can be very narrow. <laughs> Absolutely. It's interesting, there's a lot of studies about adversity. So that there was one that I can think of um, done in Wisconsin that basically said, it, obviously, you know, there's a high end, a lot of adversity, and then there's flat, low levels of adversity, and there's somewhere in between. This study and many others like it was saying somewhere in the middle, middle if you're experiencing adversity, like, like Charlie said, you get resilience. You have all these other beautiful things that you've built up in yourself, that confidence and trust that, hey, yeah, I stubbed my toe, but I got back up. Or, yeah, I had that car crash, but I kept on driving the next day. Or, I fell off my horse, but I got back up. Whatever it was for you, if you're in that midsection, studies actually show that you have a, a better rounded life and you're more capable of handling a variety of things. Now, on that, is that been your experience, guys? Is that what you've seen in yourself or in others? Yeah, for me, absolutely, especially like um, I never knew what I wanted to be when I grow up and I still don't. So that that's opened me up to experience a lot of different work. You know, um, when I was saying I had a lot of, you know, adversity in my 20s, you know, I went from working in hospitality, then went into working in a call centre and I went into different multiple call centres and in different industries. And then after four years, I got made redundant. So I'm like, holy shit, what do you do? So then that's back out in the, you know, real world. And I went from call centre then and actually drove around in a bus delivering dry cleaning clothes and then I went from there into a sales business that sold steam machines three-phase steam machines in manufacturing plants for biscuits and stuff so then here I am going out to emu farms and showing people manufacturing how to clean you know their manufacturing equipment with steam machines and stuff and yeah you know I just all these little things definitely and Lots of other stuff happened as well. I went through a bit of a blip when I was 29 and, you know, suicidal thought came across. But, you know, when I thought I'll step in front of this bus, I stepped off the curb. That's, you know, that that's that switch inside myself that I talk about, the determination and grit. And I've gone, you know what, that's probably not a good solution to what I'm going through. And took a step back and found a, you know, a psychiatrist um, to help me through some stuff. So literally um, I would have would agree with you Sarah that it's you know all these little things that happened up through my life has gotten to me gotten gotten me to where I am now and especially now I'm you know stepping into a, a coach for women who need help with this mental game so yeah you know I've walked the walk I'm talking the talk now that yeah you know what I've been and through a hell of a lot and I'm willing to help you through this as well so thank you for sharing and Alessandra have you found that medium like what, what have you noticed Oh, look, I, as I said at the beginning, I'm just going to reiterate that, you know, um, 
heavy problems simply suck. Really, it's really just. <laughs> I, I, I really, if I was going to ask anybody, uh, how much do you enjoy feeling good? You know, I wouldn't have anybody coming back to me, at least never happened so far, saying, I, I really prefer to feel like shit. <laughs> it's kind of like a thing for some reasons. Um, Let's the story to interject. I think a lot of people do, and I think a lot of people get stuck in that I'm so used to feeling bad, I'm going to self-sabotage every time things get better. So I, they I, I don't know. I don't know if this is the case. I mean, when you, you see, sometimes we do it in such a way without realizing what we are doing mm. in, a, in a clear way. Um, that's, you see, what, what you're describing for me, it's when a, a person is not free. Uh, a person is free when a person has a choice. In this case, if a person keeps doing the same thing over and over, most possibly they don't have a choice. Maybe from the outside, we think they have, but if um, that's my belief, everybody's doing the best that they can with the resources that they have. If a person uh, keeps doing something that is putting them in a situation that is bad for them, there must be a positive that, or they, they don't have a choice. They, 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 they don't have a choice. They don't have the freedom to choose. If, all, if you only know how to tie your shoelaces in one way, on, on, on an extent, you're not free to choose to tie them differently. Now, this is a very silly example. Now, imagine putting that in a contest as, hey, there is a problem, and I'm going to leave it in a bad way. Oh, something is, doesn't agree with me. Oh, my God, we are in the, in the era of the Internet. You know, how many people are finding hard to cope if you know somebody that disagrees with them about what they posted on freaking Facebook or something like this, it's oh my god, this person does not respect me. Oh, a blackboard. I mean, somebody just thinks it differently, or they just want to pull your leg. The fact is that we are so used to this politically correct shit that anything else is just going to hurt us. So, oh my god, it, you know. Now it is true that many people just take advantage of the fact that they are not in front of the person. So my policy is, you know, you speak, you communicate with a person on the other side of the world or wherever they are through a medium in the same way you would do it if you were face to face. But that's my way of doing things. It's not way that everybody, you know, not everybody thinks it like that. Said that, you see, uh, there is another one that I like very much is uh, you want to communicate with that person like it was Mike Tyson uh, standing in front of you. So, you know, a punch from the guy is going to be quite a problem. So make sure that whatever you say, whatever you do, however you do it, is going to be quite polite and at least respectful. Said that, too many people just get caught in what they think. You start to tell yourself a story and all of a sudden you believe in it. And that's the problem. Unless it's a good story. And in that case, Keep saying this to yourself. If it helps you, if this is guiding you to find a better life for you, for yourself, for the people around you, that is a good thing to keep doing. You see, we already have an instrument in here. It's just a matter of discovering how to use it to our advantage. So many people tell themselves stories and they have beliefs that are not helping them. The machine is there. It's just a matter of changing the content. If the content sucks, 
put a different one. If you're living an experience that is really damaging you, it's worth eventually learning out of it, forgetting about it, and move on to something that is going to be more pleasurable, that is going to help you live a much better life. You see, the fastest way to direct our brain in thinking Alessandra, is this going to yes. is this going to help us? Is this going to help us put with my life? <laughs> if it's going to help, that's a very broad question, you know. <laughs> it, it depends. It depends when what you mean by help. There are people that you know they don't know it yet, but they want to help to feel like shit. And no, this is not going to really help. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, when you start to think on purpose, all of a sudden, you can see that there are better choices to be made. And you can ask better questions. For example, how much pleasure can you stand? That's a very good question. You know, because your brain cannot not answer. And it's going to find all the different ways for you to actually have plenty of it, whatever you're asking for. So if you focus on problems, how many problems can I have? How shitty, how shittier can get my day today? Well, your brain is going to highlight all the different ways for your day to get worse and worse. And all of a sudden you start to wonder and ponder, how much pleasure can I stand? How many more things can I do better now? How can I feel better now respect to yesterday? And your brain is going to move in that direction, giving you what you want. And that's how you start to change your life around. So I was stalking you on Facebook and I came up to, to this. Can you share a, a little bit on what this is about for us and how, how people get information on this? They can get in touch with me. Very simple. I have a, a private, a free private Facebook group that's called the Peak Performance Collective. They can apply to be part of it. It's free. It's a place where I share uh, strategies on how to make the most out of whatever is happening, how to make the most out of your own personal skills. We all have our own personal skills. The problem is sometimes, as you said before, you need a person that can help you use them in the best way possible. I had a client once that he, this client was involved with some uh, other people and he had so many different ideas this guy was a freaking genius and had all the time he was looking at something and say oh you could do this better i was looking at something else oh you could uh, improve that oh look why nobody's thinking about that and the company that he was going out with they were just replying, oh, if that would have been really smart someone else would have invented before you who do you think you are and that was, wow. All of a sudden I said, no, look, you can't really change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. So, and all of a sudden he's starting to, you know, have better relationships with different people. And when he changed the people around him, all of a sudden people were starting to say, so is this your idea? I said, okay. How would you implement it? How would you realize it? How would you make it happen? And instead of shutting him down, they just ask, ask him how questions. And all of a sudden, the guy started to change his life around real quick. That was amazing. How does this happen? Because you want to direct your life on purpose. 
And the first step is to have a direction. You give a direction to your life and you give a direction to your brain. You give a direction to your brain, you start to actually aim for what you want. What do you want? That's the most important question. Because based on what you want, you are going to start to take action. You know, we get exposed to many ideas during the day, especially nowadays. You know, you go on YouTube, there is a tutorial for any fucking shit. I mean, seriously, think about it. There is something unreal for everything. There is, they teach you, you know, the life hacks, how to unpeel the, 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 the garlic clubs or how to, you know, fold a freaking T-shirt and all this stuff. And you say, oh, my God, we are dawning in information. The problem is that if we don't know what's important for us and we don't know how do we do this, we need to know what we want, where we want to go. It's kind of like calling a taxi, not, not Uber, because you can't do what I'm going to say with an Uber, but you call a taxi, the taxi arrives, you jump on the taxi and the taxi driver is going to ask, okay, where do you want to go? And you just, just answer a reply uh, away from here. Okay. Yes, but where do you want to go? And I say, just, just, just drive. Sure. And he starts driving. Now, whatever you wear, if the guy is just driving, how do you know that you're not going to end up in a worse place where that you respect to the one that you just left? You know, that's the thing. If you don't know where you're going, someone else is going to direct your life for you. And if so you want true. to really have a taste of freedom, you want to know where you want to go. So what do you want? That's so it. True. As simple as that. So Charlie, I need to, so what, I need you to give you an opportunity to share with us what's going on here with you in a five-day challenge. It's actually, the topic today has just brought us into this very, very well. So I'm doing a free five-day challenge for women and it's literally claiming back you. So it's the self-confidence to really recognizing this, you know, to, to, to own yourself, that joy, love, radiance, everything within, especially with breast cancer ladies, they're going through chemo, radiation, they've had double mastectomies, they're not feeling very woman-like at all, feeling unattractive, the stress levels, you know, they're making themselves sick, just stressing about their treatment and what's going to happen and, you know, even the death factor, am I going to die and all this type of stuff, they're beside themselves and Basically, my five-day challenge is, is just actually reducing those stress levels. So, you know, boosting up that adversity scale for them, teaching them some resilience tricks and all that type of stuff. So a lot of the women don't know what to ask, how to ask, and how to actually choose themselves. So I'm going to come in five days and we're going to go through each day a topic and literally claim back everything and improve where they were at if I can reduce that stress level maybe they were at a 15 or a 10 and you know at the end of the five days they might be at a five or optimal would be zero but it's really just about reducing stress levels holding them held giving them some extra support and just learning to love themselves again like it's just yeah claiming back them you know stop as Alessandro is saying, you know, people just focus on the negative and stuff all the time. You know, this is the time for them to focus on their best attributes for themselves. So I'd love people to join me. I've got a Facebook group. It's called the Women's Breast Cancer Mental uh, Health and Support Hub. Um, but you can reach out to me on Facebook and, yeah, just send me a private message. I'd, I'd love to, you know, have a chat with you and, yeah, let's go. Beautiful. Oh, I don't know about you, but, um, you know, I've been to the doctors before and the doctors said, what's wrong? 
And to, to back on to what Alessandro said before, I don't remember a doctor regularly asking me what's right. You know, in treatments through various specialists, we ask different questions. And I think a beautiful thing about NLP, for example, is that we're trained to, to, to have a different perspective. So on that, um, my perspective absolutely shifted when uh, I was introduced to art therapy. Most people hadn't heard of art therapy. It's okay. You're not alone. It's, it's, it's literally just about getting your thoughts out physically. So if we're talking in terms of perspective and seeing things and how can I possibly, I, I can't see any other way. If you're struggling with adversity in that way, I would recommend art therapy. From my personal experience as both a facilitator and, and as a client, it has enabled me just to clear away so much of the I can't to see more possibilities. So on that, I know that there's different ways and different modalities that have helped you. So, guys, if you light up the chat screen and let us know what's helped you with your adversities or what's helped someone you know with their adversities, because if we can all help each other, wouldn't that be amazing? So we can find that purpose within and, and to really grow um, and really find what's right. For so if nothing else, I'd like to challenge every single one of you here today to journal about what's right in your life. And on that, Neil, I don't know, are you still doing anything with journaling? Is, is this a thing for you? <laughs> uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm doing journaling, but I, I would like to go back to, um, I'm writing a book called Chasing Success, The Trouble with Being Normal. And what I've noticed is that people that live, which society may deem, a normal life that mean which means that they have a, 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 a they don't come from a destructive family they have a normal or which could be considered normal white you know house white picket fence mom and dad loving caring supportive friends and the community is all around them what I've found for the perfect or the bell curve of normalcy is they don't struggle have not had to deal with Adversity, adversity. Whew. I came up with a topic and now I can't even say it. They haven't had the opportunity to hone their muscle of adversity. And using, using um, Charlie's thing, it's that it's a muscle and talking with, about what Alessandra brought in of David Groggins. David Groggins says, do something that makes you uncomfortable every single day. So when ad adversity hits you, it's just a bump in the road because you're so used to just dodging the potholes of life that you don't even think about it. And as, as an author and talking with people and interviewing people, normalcy or the normal safe life leaves you unprepared for... Um, the adversities that life can throw you and it can be a dream killer if you don't, if you haven't exercised that muscle. So if you need help, there is all of us here, any pick any one of us as a coach can help you through uh, adversities and or you can come as soon as I find it again and you can work. I'd love the opportunity to get, provide you with a journal. 
I have a 32-day, 32, 32 where is that in my calendar? A 30-day gratitude journal, and you can get it at gratitude.neilsrussell.com. Journaling helps you get your, clears the mind, and you throw it onto the page so that you're free. And dealing with your thoughts, positive or negative, allows you the opportunity to examine what your thoughts are. It allows you the, the opportunity to be truthful to yourself. Um, so I encourage and invite you to, to download the, the gratitude journal. And if that journaling's not for you, hey, I understand. Take the opportunity to, uh, to become involved in any of these coaches that are on the show, any of the coaches that have been on our past show, any of the coaches that are going to be on our future shows. Just take the first step. And ask for help. Recognize, the first step is recognizing that you would like some help and you could use some help. The second step is just asking. Asking and taking a, taking a step. First step to overcoming adversity is recognizing that there's a bump or a pothole in the road and just dealing with it. I think it, my personal experience with that, helping other people, has been that uh, oh, I'm not good enough. You know, I can't ask for help why I'm not worth it. Um, and that's something that I think, you know, we've all faced at one level or another, you know. Um, I think I'm going to ask Alessandro this. When you're in that stage and, and then you're suddenly looking back and, and life has changed and you're looking back at life, how, how it used to be, how do you... How do you take it on and not have, like, a big head about it, you know? How do you, like, share with the world, hey, I've overcome this, but not come across, like, I'm going to swear, I'm going to say dickhead, you know? But, you know, you know what I'm trying to say here? Because my words are evading me a little. (laughs) How do you be helpful and still be authentic? Nice. Okay. Um, so the question is how to be helpful and being authentic. Is that is that the question? Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's go with that. oh, because there was a dickhead that was just flying through, so I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> well, well, this was landing. I mean, seriously. Okay, well. <laughs> Sometimes words come out, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> You know they exist, so it's okay to use them. That's how I. Uh, that's how I see it. Um, so well, what worked for you? What what worked for you? Um, you find yourself in a situation, and most of the time, have you ever noticed how much? I mean, my belief is that everything is vibration. Everything is vibration. Music light, feelings. There is this thing that vibrate different frequencies. We generally attract people we resonate with. That's the first thing. How can we do this? Well, we need to practice to be ourselves. You know, Oscar Wilde said, be yourself, everyone else is already taken. I love that. And uh, being someone else, it's always a big effort. 
And uh, sometimes people just uh, think that's the way to go simply because they don't consider themselves maybe at the at a certain standard on a higher level and they say, oh, they are better than me. Well, better than what specifically? Be- better in what? What are we talking about here? For sure, they cannot be better, be ter- well, better. <laughs> they cannot be better than you at being yourself. Still, again, it's a matter of choosing. Now, when you choose to be authentic, this means that you chose to be yourself. That's the first thing. Second, if really by being yourself, you attract other people that, you know, are attracted by you, it's just a matter of who who are the people you resonate with. So in the way you communicate, And by learning to do this in the most effective way possible, think about what worked for you. There are people that just, you know, needed to have a kick in the bum to get things happening. Other people that needed to just, hey, look, this direction may work better for you than that direction over there. And uh, culturally speaking, it can be quite different. I coach people both in, in Italian and in English. And the approach that I have is very different. Very different. Uh, you know, when we speak in a certain language, we think in a certain language. And by thinking in a certain language, our thinking pattern is different. So when I speak English, I think in a certain way. When I speak Italian, I think in a different way. You know, when you, if you really want to learn about a culture, learn about the language. When you can speak the language, you will start to really speak the language, not just translate from a language to another one. And that's the first stage, you know, eventually. But when you can think in that language, all of a sudden you will have access to something that you didn't have access before. And that's a different way of approaching things. So, said that, why is it coming out as a decade such a bad thing? Everything is context dependent. Sometimes that's the thing. I can tell you that, for example, I wanted to learn how to, I've been a circus performer for many, many years. And one of the things that I wanted always to do as I was learning to do that was, what's the potential of, a human body, a human being, what can I do more? So when I was doing my studies in circus and magic, I was fascinated by fakirism and, you know, how to put a light up torch in my mouth. And I said, okay. And I was very scared. And uh, the the, the more I tried to put uh, special stuff in my mouth to avoid to getting burnt, the more I was getting burnt. That was the absurdity of it until I managed to see a show by a couple of kids that they just started, but they could eat fire. And I said, oh, how do you do that? How do you do this? I mean, I have been doing it. A person has taught me how to do it. I'm still finding some challenges. Uh, which kind of tricks do you like to perform? And the guy looked at me just in a very disrespectful way, you know, kids. And uh, this happened many years ago. I was kind of a kid as well, but older, you know, 
So said, so, oh, it's not me. It's the torch that knows what to do. And generally, that's the answer that you give to a layman, a person that does not do your job. And I, I was, you fucking prick. You mean, you talk back to me in that way. I've been doing this for years just because I can't do this specific skill. But I could teach you, you know, loads of shit. And you are talking to me in this way. I went back home straight away. We were at a bar in a place there. I light up the torch and I said, fuck you very much. And I put the torch in my mouth. And from that moment, I could just eat fire, no problems. So you see, it's context dependent. Absolutely. And I'm just looking at the, t I'm looking at the time and I'm going, holy crap, we're I, out of time. I want to, uh, as we wind up, I'm going to take a, a few moments and I want to thank uh, our viewers, our listeners, and past uh, in replay for taking the time to be part uh, for uh, being part of our panel, and I'd just like to leave you with take the opportunity and exercise your adversary muscle. Don't think of it as a negative. Think of it as a positive that you're exercising something for your growth and your, your benefit. Is there something that you would like to leave the group with, Charlie? Yeah, I'm with you, uh, Neil. I just want to, you know, part and just say, become aware where you can improve yourself. And if you need help, ask. Recognise and always outshine from within. Thank you. Alessandra? Well, shit happens. And sometimes uh, it's not under our control. The only thing that we can control is how we respond to it. So if that's the only thing we can do, make the most out of it and, uh, you know, practice to, to learn what you can learn on purpose. Next time it's going to be easier. So uh, you will have a different kind of problems then and you keep learning and you keep evolving. Thank you. Sarah, take us home. Oh, we have covered so many bases here today. Firstly, I want to say thank you to our panel. I appreciate every single one of you. You dropped some insight and gold that I trust that has served the audiences as well as each other. Fine conversation, guys. And I think I would like to, to leave you guys with this. Yeah, as, as we design the life we desire, there are going to be hiccups along the way. And, yes, yeah, shit does happen, and that's okay. And sometimes we want to fly that monkey poo around and sometimes we want to flush it. But it's our choice, it's our decision, figuring where that shit's going to go, if it's going to go flying or if it's going to go flushing, it's your choice. Must or bust, all right? <laughs> Until next time, guys, make wise decisions. Lift up each other. Have amazing conversations. And we'll see you next time on Uplift. Thank you so much for joining us live and in replay and to our guests. Take care next time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.